can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joyclix. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I have my co-host joining me through the holonet, Christian Buckley. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Mike. Happy to be back. We got yes. another month of potential big news drops for Star Wars. We got uh, downtime in terms of the Star Wars content, but it's nice. You know, we had a very yeah. busy first half of the year with Star Wars. I was going to say, not for long, though, Christian. I feel like... Uh... We're definitely due for some more Star Wars content pretty soon. Yeah, it's already absolutely. June, which makes me feel crazy. But like, yeah, um, yeah, man, it's good to be back. Um, have you been? Just generally, uh, we took a week off. Well, I've been bouncing around from states, uh, settling in in New York now. But um, yeah, it's it's been nice. Just been very very busy with everything and. Um, haven't had much time to play any more Jedi Survivor, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully I should be able to remedy that soon. But what about you? Have you been? Pretty good, man. I also haven't had much time to play Jedi Survivor um, between just like Life um, and Tears of the Kingdom, which, you know, I wasn't expecting to be a big draw on my time, yeah. but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that game. I, I wasn't like huge on breath breath of the wild although i thought it was good um I, i've been really enjoying tears of the kingdom and i played it for like 30 hours and i feel like i haven't really even scratched the surface yet so yeah man, that's kind of right where i'm at yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's like it's hard because it's like i want to i want to play survivor but as we were talking about earlier christian like tears of the kingdom it's so addicting it has like such an easy it's easy to just get sucked into it so i've i've felt like i've fallen victim to that a little bit so yeah and i mean plus survivor has you know had its tumultuous launch period it seems like i haven't really heard much discussion about it lately so i'm assuming that means most of the stuff has been ironed out performance wise but um yeah yeah i haven't i know i was having some issues with it um at first and yeah i really haven't tried since um now that it's been like a month i feel like it probably should be better if not then i don't know what i'm gonna do probably just play more (laughs) juice the kingdom (laughs) yeah honestly it seems like a good move for sure um but yeah man i've been good too uh haven't been bouncing around from state to state like you have but you know life gets busy things things happen Mm -hmm. um but I'm happy that we're here talking about Star Wars today. We got some good stuff to talk about. Hell yeah. Um, you know, Christian, I was thinking we haven't done our From the Jedi Archives segment in quite some time. That's I don't true. remember I don't remember the last time we did it. Um must have been months ago. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and probably maybe say March, because it's just been a lot of busy Star Wars stuff for a while. Yeah. So for those who uh, you know, aren't familiar. Uh, our segment from the Jedi Archives is uh, when Christian and I both consult the sacred Jedi texts, aka Wikipedia, and we pull a article, whether that be canon or le- uh, canon or legends, 
uh, bring it to the table so we can educate each other and you, the audience, on a interesting little tidbit of Star Wars lore. Um, so with that being said, Christian, would you like to tell us what you brought? What, sh- share with the class what you brought today, please. I brought Vortex Pool. Vortex Pool. Can I guess what this is? Please do. Does it have to do something with hyperspace? No. Okay, well then I am out of guesses. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe it was like, I don't know, like hyperspace vortex or something like that. that sucking, pe- sucking people in. That's a good good guess. And there might still be some people being sucked in here, Mike, with this vortex pool. Uh, a vortex pool was a chamber filled with water that shot in currents where beings could relax or play. Oh, okay. Han Solo like... and Leia Organa Solo had one in their garden during the Black Fleet Crisis. So it, it has a scary name, but it doesn't sound like it, it is that scary. Like, it seems more like a leisurely thing. In my trusty bookmarked uh, Star Wars equivalents of real world objects. Yeah. It is, uh, where is it? I lost it. Hold on. Command F, Vortex. Uh, it is a hot tub or jacuzzi. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so. But, I'm sure Han um, and Leia had some fun in that one. For sure. But what, what what threw me there is seeing written out Leia Organa solo, because I was like, I don't believe she ever took his name. Would you believe it's a Legends thing? And that just, again, paints Legends in a way for me. It's like, of course the Legends writer had Leia take solo as her last name. Of course they did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sort of just seems like the obvious thing, yeah. in a way. Um, but like, yeah. I like how the sequel trilogy really uh, challenges the uh, gender norms, you know? Yeah, General Organa. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, she's not a princess anymore, guys. To me, she's a royalty. Is that Max von Sydow, right, at the beginning? Does he say oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. He says, yeah, he says, like, she's royalty to me, or yeah. something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was, little did we know, but that was the, the very old... Uh, rose tinted glasses original trilogy only i hated the prequels until the sequels came out fan uh dying off immediately that was a that was a sign yeah <laughs> uh sometimes i think about his character and i'm like what a waste wasted opportunity <laughs> dude i know the voice of the skyrim trailer he was so hyped up before that movie came out you know and it was like oh he's gonna be like a jedi he's gonna be like somebody who trained with luke it's like no he's just a guy literally just a man just a dude yeah, literally just a guy. Um, I mean, he's got... What was his name in the... Do we, Laura do we Santeca. Right, Laura Santeca. He um, he was, like, involved in something in, like, the expanded books or whatever. That they, the the, the com, com, companion books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was, like, working with, uh, like, Luke at some point. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah pretty interesting <laughs> also i i know f- for the the people who are part of that uh you know original trilogy the, the person i described probably upset that i credited max von seed a classically trained actor as the skyrim trailer guy but i know he's done other things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> he's he hasn't done anything yeah <laughs> breakout role narrating that trailer that was at the award show 
you know, he was also he was also in Game of Thrones, right? Uh, did you you haven't watched Game of Thrones, right? I've seen two seasons. But... Okay, so I don't think he watched it to the point that he gets introduced, but he's like he's like the three-eyed raven. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, at least I think that's him. Now I'm like, can, now I'm like, was that him? I'm pretty sure it's him. Take the uh, heat off me, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I only know him from uh <laughs> from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, 2016, he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know this, but he he received a primetime Emmy Award nomination for that performance, which is quite interesting. Oh wow! Did he, did he win anything for? Uh, I know he was in Skyrim. Also, I think he was one of the the Greybeards. But uh... yeah, he he voiced Esbern, a me- a mentor of the protagonist in Skyrim. Yeah, he's the guy that gives you Fusroda. Oh, he's that guy. I think he is. He's in the. Uh... Oh man, it's been such a long time since I played Skyrim, but he's in like the, the big like wizard castle on top of the snowy mountain. Yeah, Dragon's Reach, Dragon's Throat, something like that. Yeah, yeah, big, big cat, big, big wizard castle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've made it through a good ten percent of the Skyrim story. Everything else is just me doing side quests. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember playing that game when it came out. I just didn't really. Um, I don't know. I, I never finished it. Me Not because either. I didn't like it. Yeah. But like, I, yeah. For, I mean, I'm a chronic like starting start a game and won't finish it kind of person, mm-hmm. which is like probably pisses a lot of people off. Yeah, we but, just talked about Jedi Survivor. You know, that's that's primed to be the, another candidate. No, no, <laughs> Christian. I'm uh-huh. gonna finish that one. I have to finish that one. Yeah, but I mean, with Bethesda RPGs, I've never finished the main quest in any of the ones I've played. Personally. What? I can't say that. So you've never you've never finished like Fallout Three or anything? No, Fallout Three in New Vegas. I I have tried to get into and I just fall off after a bit. Uh, Skyrim was the first one that really clicked for me. I put like a hundred hours into it, and maybe five of them were the beginning of the story. And then Fallout Four, same deal. Uh, yeah. Really liked Fallout Four a whole lot. Played like forty hours of it. Fell off after Diamond City in terms of like the story progress, and then I just explored. But Starfield, betting you it's gonna be the same thing. Yeah, I was gonna say like you got like quite literally the biggest Bethesda RPG hitting your hitting your gaming console pretty soon. Yeah. So you gotta get ready for that one. You gotta finish Tears of the Kingdom and and Survivor before that. Got a hundred percent both. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I, I I most likely will is the thing. But... <laughs> Did you 100% Breath of the Wild? I know we're going on kind of a tangent. Uh, I, I did in my eyes. I did all the shrines. I didn't do all the Korok seeds because you don't need to do them. They're just like, you know, get your inventory as big as you want it to be. But I did all the shrines. It was 120 of them. And I got Link's classic outfit. And I was like, this is enough. I can finish the game now. So, Yeah, I feel like the Korok seeds, when they're like 900 of those, you don't even get anything good for it. Nope. Anyways. You know, we, we have a great transition primed to talk about video games in the world of Star Wars. But first, Mike, I'd like to hear what you have brought to the Jedi Archives. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so I brought uh, UC, the University of Coruscant, baby. Oh. Spring break uh, for ABY. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is from Legends. 
the University of Coruscant, also known as the Coruscant University, was a university located in the Phobosi district of the Galactic Republic's capital planet, Coruscant. Uh, it was founded by Supreme Chancellor Philorian and a philosopher in 15,500 BBY as Coruscant's first university. Um, and yeah, pretty interesting. I guess during the Galactic Empire, it did not, uh, it, it did not accept any uh, alien species, only humans, mm. which is kind of funny. Mm. Uh, not funny, kind of messed up, but kind of racist. Yeah, interesting though. Yeah. Um, Proto Empire, right there. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, when when the New Republic regained control of Coruscant, uh, the the university began accepting non-humans again so that's that's good uh yeah it's the it's the galaxy's uh, oldest university uh, i guess i don't know uh seems pretty old Fifteen thousand years yeah that's now now i'm wondering what like a letterman jacket in star wars looks like i'm sure there is one in a legends comic for this university (laughs) yeah what's the um like they're, you know how in, in Attack of the Clones they go to the bar and they're like sports being played. Yeah. Like, uh, I wonder if uh, the University of Coruscant had any of those teams. Um, Maybe that's good. That's good. Point. Well, yeah. What sports are there in Star Wars? I know there's pod racing. Yeah, pod racing. I'm sure there's ones know. in canon that I'm like blanking on that I should know. But well, there is that one in in Attack of the Clones. They put. It, it's like in the background but you can see it it mm-hmm. kind of looks like football like like a little bit yeah um, i can tell you confidently i've never like registered what was shown on those screens in that bar but my brain did fill it in as looking like football yeah if you go back it's like a second long mm-hmm. but it's like a it's like a a droid like throwing a ball mm-hmm. kind of looks like football but um Anyways, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they had some pretty good sports teams and some raging parties. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Christian, you said that <laughs> we had a good uh, a good segue to some Star Wars gaming news. Do you want to tee it up? <laughs> sure. So talking about RPGs, um, Bethesda, Iconic, Top Dog, depending on who you ask these days, I guess. But uh, next to Bethesda is probably also Obsidian. But next to both of them was Bioware at one point. And Bioware, Mike, made that their Knights of the Old Republic. The what? They, they made this, this game called KOTOR. I've never heard of it. So it's being remade. We've talked about it before. We've talked about the behind-the-scenes turmoil alleged turmoil about the development uh how uh the studios that were collaborating on it like playstation was involved and aspire was doing this as a huge project for them their first really big project showed it to lucasfilm and whoever was involved from playstation were like this is it and uh we we kind of you know heard it was shelved so I'm pulling this from Insider Gaming, but Aspire's parent company, the Embracer Group, uh, did a financial report recently um, to, you know, 
talk about their yearly financial results. And because Knights of the Old Republic is falling under them, they moved the project from Aspire after that drama went down to another Embracer studio. Um, Insider Gaming is recapping the Embracer briefing in the following statements. Uh, in the year-end report published by the Embracer Group, there was a section that detailed all games, both released and in development, as of May 24th, 2023. This section included the likes of Tomb Raider, uh, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2, Remnant 2, Ride 5, and of course, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic Remake. So despite... This is me again. This is moving on from Inside Gaming. Uh, despite the drama, despite the warranted speculation, and I believe on this podcast, I've even gone on record saying, I don't think we'll ever see this game again. <laughs> I think that was our consensus. Like, yeah, we were kind of just like a little cynical about ever seeing this again. Yeah, but despite that all, Embracer is saying it is still being worked on. Now, additional information, because I did watch a, a clip from their investor call for my day job. Um, they did lose a $2 billion deal the night before this investors meeting happened that was supposed to finance a lot of Embracer stuff and allowed them to delay pretty much everything they had scheduled to release in the next 12 months beyond that so because of that they got nothing coming out in the next 12 months and um that's kind of bad for a business so this yeah. could just be them saying like look at all our well-known ip that are coming do not lose faith in us i think that is a read on it from my personal perspective based off nothing but just the facts that i think is worth considering here i still don't really believe we're going to see this mike what do you think I, um, I'd have to agree with you on that, Christian. I didn't know that detail with the, you know, all that money, all that funding falling through. That's, that's huge. That is like, that cannot be understated, you know, like. Yeah. The tone of that meeting from the, the president of the company was not good. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, geez, dude, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they were banking on that, like right before their shareholders meeting, you know, just to be like, listen, yeah. guys, it's all good. Like. Mm -hmm. We're going to be making money for you. Um, but even before you said that, Christian, I was kind of like, hmm, interesting. Like, they could easily be saying to their shareholders in this public report, right? That, yeah, no, we're, we're still working on it. You know, like, knowing full well that, like, it's not going well. Or, like, it, it will likely be shelved within the next few months. Like, there only has to be just, like, you know, a little bit of work happening on it for them to just be like, yep, we're still, uh, we're still developing it, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, an easy, it's an easy thing for them to just, like, throw in there, um, you know, sort of like a technicality. So I, I don't really trust it, to be honest, mm -hmm. and, and especially with the information that you gave, I, I, I really don't trust it now. Yeah. Um, it looks like this is doomed to be in like development hell forever and never escape um yeah and i mean listen i played kotor for the first time a couple years ago had a really great time with it obviously it's an old game but i still think 
you understand what makes that game special even today. Um, I I don't think we like absolutely need a remake for Knights of the Old Republic. No, you know? no. It, I think it's it's an interesting project. You know, it was like a really hype trailer for PlayStation when they needed a hype trailer, but. Kotor, I think, is fine on its own. That remaster that's available, like almost everywhere, is still really good. And if a different team wants to tackle a Star Wars RPG, I'd kind of prefer that at this point. You know? Yeah, I feel like you know the instinct with all these really successful previous games is to like rest on their their laurels. Yeah. You know. And to just be like, oh, it was really successful in the past and people really love it to this day. Like, we could just remake it and make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it kind of takes away from the heart and soul of, like, what it was originally and what, like, that version of the game means to people. And that's yeah. something you're never going to be able to replicate. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's value to that still, right? Like, I think there's some good examples of, like, touching up a, a beloved game. Like, I think Activision's uh, Tony Hawk remake of one and two is phenomenal um they should give it like the skyward sword remake uh sure yeah and i mean i think that's even comparable to the hd version that we have like on the switch i think to a degree yeah Um, to a degree yeah but uh yeah remakes i'm with you like there's a type of remake i love and it's the type of remake that capcom has been doing with like resident evil with all those where it's a very different tone. Like Resident Evil 4 came out this year. Game is fantastic, incredible, but could never replace the original. But it's better than the original in some ways. And it's going for its own thing and its own tone. And it changes the story a little bit. But it's in line with the remix of 2 and 3. So it's like in its own kind of... We were talking about Star Trek earlier, right? Uh, it's kind of like the Kelvin timeline with the Resident Evil remix. Um where it's like, hey, yeah, it's it's still Kirk and Spock and Khan, but it's its own kind of spin on it, and it's separate. Um, and Final Fantasy VII Remake also does that to a much more extreme degree, to the point where it's kind of a sequel to the original game. Um, but KOTOR was not going for either of those things, from what we knew about it. Uh, a comparison, I think... For people who are familiar with this, uh, Shadow of the Colossus is a great PS2 game. Very artful. Mm-hmm. Got a remake on PS4. Technically, super impressive, but I think misses the original vibe of that first game. And that's like part of what made that original game so artistic. So I'm with you. I think remakes are cool when they have like a, an idea. And so they're like, let's take the concept of this and like deconstruct it and like make it a commentary on itself. But yeah, I don't think this specific team was going to do that with this this game. Yeah, it's a, it's just one of those things that like, if you want to play Knights of the Old Republic, just play the original game. It still holds up. Like, yeah. you know, you don't. I don't really see the need to remake it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's never going to be able to to live up to that that nostalgia factor or, or you know how we look at this game now so yeah um, yeah i don't think i don't think we're going to be seeing it ever to be honest 
Yeah, so sorry for those who've been waiting to play KOTOR for the remake, but honestly at this point, just check out the original. If you can't play an old game, sorry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but. it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, you had put this in here as well, Christian, this this Ubisoft Forward event on June 12th. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Sure. So Star Wars games, still talking about Star Wars games. We just talked about KOTOR, which is, you know, remake based on an RPG. There's a Ubisoft Forward, which is their, like, big keynote Ubisoft what's coming up presentations happening on June 12th. And what's been confirmed so far is they're going to be showcasing Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which I'm super excited for, but that's beside the point. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I'm also kind of excited for. Um, the Crew Motorfest and more, including a big... I think that some of the language said unannounced, but it might have also just been like surprise game. And a lot of people are suspecting that this is going to be the Star Wars game that Ubisoft is working on. Um, because that was announced when the f founding of Lucasfilm Games was announced, and I want to say that was 2021 at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is wild. That feels like it was like six months ago they announced that. Um, now, this is not Eclipse, right? This is a separate game. Yes, so Eclipse, I mean, speaking of KOTOR, <laughs> we're not never seeing Eclipse. Um, yeah, yeah. Eclipse is the Quantic Dream, Detroit Become Human, Heavy right. Rain okay. thing. Uh, the Star Wars game from Ubisoft is being developed by Massive, who is the team that did the Division, Division 2. I played the Division 2. I thought it was pretty fun. I liked it. Um, I think... They are also working on Avatar, so that might like take a little bit of the wind out of these sails. But recently at Kotaku, uh, Ethan Gark wrote up a piece about this project. So I'm reading directly from uh, an article that was posted, I believe, earlier this year. Yep, May 22nd of this year. Uh, they say, quote, in addition to the release of Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and the perennially missing-in-action pirate blockbuster Skull and Bones, Ubisoft said, quote, another large game would also release within the next 12 months. According to sources familiar with the company's plans who wished to remain anonymous because they weren't authorized to speak to press, that additional game is Ubisoft's open-world Star Wars game. First revealed back in early 2021, Project Helix, as it's known internally, is being developed with Massive as the lead studio. Best known for the Division 1 and 2 military loot shooters, creative director Julian Garrity said at the time that the Star Wars game would be a big departure from that series and totally different from the sorts of games Massive had worked on in the past. They continue, hmm. Two sources tell Kotaku that the development of Project Helix, which seems likely to include some form of interplanetary space travel, has been, hasn't been progressing well, and hopes are high internally that the game could be Ubisoft's first non-Assassin's Creed blockbuster hit in some time, but they also say the company's goal to release the game within the current fiscal year is probably too ambitious. They still expect it to ultimately slip, it slip to sometime in the following fiscal year, which runs from April 2024 through March 2025. So there's a lot there, Mike. 
but Ubisoft event, surprise game, according to Kotaku, sources tell them Ubisoft is aiming to launch this thing uh, in the current fiscal year, which would end in March 2024. That's the plan. Um, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if that like time frame is realistic. I, I guess like it's hard to say because we haven't really heard much about Project Helix. We don't really know where they are in the development. It was only re- revealed two years ago, mm-hmm. which is not that long when it comes when it comes. There's a short amount of time when it comes to game development. Yeah, especially AAA. Uh, That's like they take like five years on average, depending on the scale. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's like there's a lot of other things that need to go with it. Like you know, you need to make sure that you can market it and like all that kind of stuff. It just seems like between now and march 2024 seems really soon um especially since we have almost zero information about what it is yet so i would expect maybe i feel like you know the following fiscal year as kotaku is is saying seems more realistic um Mm -hmm. because the other thing is we know we're seeing avatar there avatar is being developed by the same studio massive entertainment now, I don't know 100% if Massive has, like, multiple teams. I would have to assume that's the case. Yeah, they're Massive, man. They're, they're, ma- they're Massive. <laughs> that is true. That's very true. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, who's to say this project could have been in development a little bit before it was announced? I don't know if we know yeah. that for sure. but um, That's definitely a possibility. Um, and, and honestly, likely. I, I think that even if I think that we'll probably hear about it at Ubisoft Forward. It seems like it fits right in, slots right in. Uh we, we know from experience, painful experience, that a Star Wars game doesn't have to be even close to being finished for uh, you know, companies to, to tout it, right? <laughs> like how many times have we seen something show up at like a, a convention or a presentation and then like you know a year later they're like we're not working on it anymore so i don't think it's that unreasonable to think that we'll see something about it on june 15th it seems seems reasonable to me yeah i i think it's possible um i, I likely even i would say that ubisoft will show something from it because i mean like they've shown things that are like you mentioned that classic, here's a trailer, it's years away. We were just talking about KOTOR, right? Like Ubisoft showed um, Beyond Good and Evil 2. They did a CG trailer of that, but eventually you know, they went on to show some gameplay. That game seemed very ambitious. That game disappeared. I don't believe it's still being worked on. I This is based off of nothing, but that was also a sci-fi game with, you know, massive city on a planet you could get into a ship fly into space go to a different planet i wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if they maybe repurposed some of that tech and whatever was in development for that game for the star wars thing um because it was a really big open galaxy space travel open world type thing now, I don't know if it was on the same engine that Star Wars is reportedly being worked on. I know the director for Beyond Good and Evil left the company, and that's kind of when it started to flounder. So maybe there's a world where, you know, repurposing some of that stuff and then 
Matt, like a huge team is able to get this thing out, but I think we'll definitely see it. I think you're right. We will see at the very least a concept trailer and I will be shocked if they say it's coming out like February, 2024, I'll be blown away if they say that. Yeah, I would, uh, I don't know if I would believe it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I would either. Um, but yeah, I think it's likely we'll see something, you know? Yeah, I, I think we'll see something. What, what ideally would you want to see? I know we talked about this a long time ago, and we haven't really yeah, had we... a reason to talk about this game for a while, but what do, you, what do you want out of this open world, interplanetary travel, Star Wars open world game? Oh, if I can remember correctly, I think that is like a relatively new detail. Um when we talked about this originally, I think I was thinking a lot about like the division and the way that that is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, I was thinking that maybe this could be like a, like a new school, new age Republic commando kind of thing, you know? Yeah. 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 But from what I can tell now, if it's interplanetary space travel seems to be like a open world kind of game, uh, less of a focus on a linear narrative maybe i don't know if that's still what we have in store i think that would be really cool though mm. um, but it does seem like it is similar to a division which is seemingly what they are moving away from so yeah. i i don't know it, it it could be anything i just hope it's not like too star wars jedi like because that also has interplanetary space travel if you want to get funky with it yeah i'm so. kind of assuming this is going to be more in line with like gosh what's a good comparison um i mean i guess assassin's creed black flag but instead of interplanetary travel it's like you're going to different islands and you're traveling the ocean i guess mm. um but yeah, I mean, my initial vision for this was we were going to be, like, a bounty hunter, a trooper, a smuggler, somebody with a blaster, and it would play similarly to The Division, which, um, in my head, it was like, okay, this is kind of going to be, like, a new take on 1313. The Division mm. is really, really great at its environments. Like, Washington, D.C. in Division 2 is an incredible map. Like, one of the best maps I've seen in an open-world game. Uh, just for being accurate to what's in place from what I've seen of DC, at least. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I could see a, a studio known for that being like, okay, let's make a really great-looking Coruscant that's super accurate to on-screen portrayals. But, yeah, I'm with you. Um interplanetary travel is interesting i don't think it's going to be a jedi i think i'll still stand by i think it's going to be a blaster character that we can um you know give a class to whether that is like if we want to go down the the, the trooper path the smuggler path or the bounty hunter path i think there'll be some little options for specking out a different like type of blaster character is my guess because division is blaster combat essentially it's military guns yeah um that would be really cool so you're thinking maybe like a spiritual successor to 1313 without the jedis yeah yeah and maybe a little more 
choice in terms of what type of character you are. Like if you want to be a Mandalorian, if you want to be mm-hmm. um, a Zabrak or a, a Karelian, I don't know. Yeah, but you're primarily a blaster wielding character. That's my guess. Maybe you have like a like a a vibro knife or something like that for yeah. like melee attacks. But I'm, I'm I'm thinking Ubisoft will stay with that because we already have Jedi, you know, and they did a mm-hmm. great combat system. I I would not want to be the team to try and follow that up and do it better, you know. Yeah, I don't think. I think you're probably on the right track with that. Um, just considering like the previous games that they made. And I know that they said they're trying to move past that, or not move past it, but they're doing something different from that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that completely. I feel like you'll still f- see some similarities. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I so think it, it'll be similar, like you're saying. Yeah, so um, that's promising. I'm looking forward to June twelfth now. I want to see if if you know our predictions are right, and if we actually do get anything Star Wars related out of Ubisoft, that'd be awesome. Final question, because. Yeah. It doesn't look like Avatar is shaping up to be this because that's also um, massive. But Division is a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Do you foresee the Star Wars game having like multiplayer or like shared world the way Division does, where it's like maybe there's like twelve players in an instance of like, yeah, there's some of them could be your friends, it could be random people, you can have a private place, and it's just like your single player experience but your friend can hop in like do you think we're going that way with this do you think it's like we can do some co-op missions it's certainly i mean i would be fine with that i I, i've never played the division so i don't really know what that's like um it would definitely be new for star wars outside of like you know the mmorpg right like so i think that would be that would be cool um it would be cool if like yeah you you had like maybe like a central place like you know coruscant or something mm-hmm. where you would get loaded in with like a lobby of other people who are also in coruscant and like yeah i don't i don't know i i it sounds cool that that's mm-hmm. kind of where i land on it i would love that yeah i, I think because we have the jedi series I'm super down for this to have multiplayer involved, like cooperative multiplayer. That would be very cool. Yeah. Um, at the very least, let's get some like 16 versus 16, 32 versus 32 battles, Battlefront style, but like totally focused on the, the first person gameplay. Yeah. One day, I'm sure we will get that again. <laughs> it's been a minute, yeah. but. One day. Well, good stuff. I'm looking forward to Ubisoft, the Ubisoft forward on June 2nd or 12th, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's 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 move away from some um, gaming news, shall we? And let's talk about TV. Uh, when we talk about Star Wars TV, we're normally talking about The Mandalorian. We're talking about Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, Andor. Well, Christian. I'm talking about Wheel of Fortune right now. Uh, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh, so Wheel of Fortune just c- concluded their Star Wars week. And I promise we won't spend too much time on this, but I just thought it was super interesting. Um, I think I think Wheel of Fortune is an ABC, uh, is controlled by ABC. 
which is a Disney company, um, so that makes sense. But they had a, an entire Star Wars themed set. Um, there's a funny picture in our doc if you want to go look it up of Pat Sajak and Vanna White holding lightsabers and pretending to force push on the stage. Love that. Uh, there was like a working astromech droid. They were giving away uh, prizes like the UCS Lego Millennium Falcon. And yeah, just kind of silly. I'm not exactly sure why they did this. Maybe just for some brand synergy, some good old brand synergy. Um, but just thought it was funny. I, I I really like this photo. I know this is a I know this is a podcast, but I really like the photo of Pat Sajak and Vanna White with the lightsabers. So that's where I land on it. Just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it is funny. Surprised that this was not May fourth week. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised about that, too, because this was like, you know, this past week or or last week or something like that. So, yeah, it would have made more sense if it was during May 4th, but alas, yeah, we had to wait. <laughs> it is still funny, though. You got to love brain synergy. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Speaking of TV, though, let's talk about actual Star Wars TV. Um, there's been some some talk online about obi a potential obi-wan season two uh i think i I forget who deborah chow the director of season one uh showrunner of season one was speaking to but she was doing an interview in which she said uh that obi-wan was conceived as a limited series and that it's now closed Um, but then she does say there's 10 more years before new hope so never say never. It's kind of keeping the door open a little, uh, the door a little open there. Um, however, I don't. I- I'm interested to hear what you have to think about this, Christian, because I don't think we're gonna get an Obi Wan season two. I think it's a one and done kind of thing, and I've always thought that way. I've always thought that was probably the best way to do it, because it's like you know you keep doing it. It's like when do you stop? Yeah. Um, and it seems like that's that is the thought that disney had when they were creating season one um and it doesn't seem like they're actively working on a season two right now so there's that yeah i would still like to see you and mcgregor play obi-wan again yeah i just don't know how or what that would flashback be. in ahsoka maybe yeah maybe that um because yeah. hayden christensen's in that right so he is, uh, you know, de-aging tech is getting better and better. Maybe we reach a point where you're like, hey, let's make a a fourth prequel that's either a Clone Wars era, like animated show era adventure with the three of them or do super prequel because there's an even wider gap between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones if memory serves. So like... Mm-hmm. It is always baffling to me that outside of the Brotherhood novel, that is like a completely untapped area for Obi-Wan and Anakin. So. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like, I guess you'd have to do some serious de-aging because Hayden Christensen and Mm Obi-Wan, sorry, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are not as young as they were. They should be in that time period, but. For sure. But I mean, like, hey, it's, like I said, aging tech is getting better and better and i mean like look what they did with harrison ford in dial of destiny yeah. so yeah 
Yeah, they completely DH'd his ass for that. Yeah, yeah. and his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got rid of the wrinkles on both. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's always a possibility. You know, who who can say that like twenty years from now? We're not going to have like incredible AI that could just like rep. You just like type in a prompt and you get like an awesome TV show just generated. I don't know. I'm <laughs> like, depressed. Yeah, that would be depressing. Um, <laughs> so, but I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, well, this, this writer strike going on right now, I feel like is a lot more important than. It, we're maybe even realizing about the future of what movies and TV end up being. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly kind of scary. Yeah, it, it, I haven't thought about it that much outside of just like I, I hope that you know the studios listen here, but just seeing what like we're progressing to in terms of like the content mill it's like very very disheartening you know yeah yeah i mean like if you think about it everything you know you can thank you can thank writers for all the great shows that you love you know um, yeah succession right and that show is and or those these shows don't exist without the people writing them yeah so yeah, let's 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 pay them a fair wage and let's not outsource their jobs to robots. That's... Yeah, because you know what that future probably looks like, Mike? It probably looks like a lot of movies that people crap on that are like, oh, the studio is involved. The the computer is the studio in this case. It's like, oh, people would like this, so let's do it. Not like, is this a good story? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. You think it's bad now? Uh, wait <laughs> until yeah. Wait until you have Skynet writing episode ten. Yeah. And I mean, depending on who you ask, Obi-Wan was dancing around that in terms of like, this feels like it didn't have heart. Some people felt uh, that it, the story was not all there, that it was really just the nostalgia. And was it? I'm too biased to say one way or the other because I love Obi-Wan. He's my favorite character. But I don't know. I don't think I would call people wrong if they felt that way about the show. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't think so either. Definitely seems reasonable. Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't have to live in a future like that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, some sad news. This was this was big news about a week ago. Um, Ray Stevenson, prolific actor, uh, has passed away at fifty eight. Uh, he voiced Gar Saxon in in the third season of Star Wars Rebels and in the revival of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, but perhaps more importantly to Star Wars, he uh, is playing Balin Skull in Ahsoka. Uh, he is the uh, bearded gentleman with the orange lightsaber in the trailer. Uh, looks like he kind of fights Ahsoka in that like map room looking thing. Mm. Um, so that is really sad he was 58 years old he was filming um and he became ill and passed away so rest in peace to ray stevenson um just super sad yeah but, yeah rest in peace i'm sure the star wars fandom will celebrate his career uh in the franchise up until the release of the show and during the show for sure um 
yeah yeah 58 dude it's young it's sad yeah no totally young yeah it's just like it's just weird like you know it seems like he has a big role in ahsoka um i wonder what his character like where his character goes in that show and what plans they have for that character going forward mm-hmm. um, they can always recast though but it's just just a shame really yeah. sad yeah and i mean it's it's likely they will we haven't gotten to the point yet where studios are like oh well we can just put a digital mask on an actor you know like i don't yeah i mean again going back to that strike i think that's also a thing that's probably like an important discussion that's going to happen in the next few years but it it's it's unfortunate it's very sad so r.i.p yeah rest in peace uh, ray stevenson forever in the hearts of star wars fans across the world uh moving on from that sad news some two short ones uh actors on actors was this variety right who does yes this? this is variety so if you've never seen these before these are really interesting conversations uh one prolific actor uh talking to another um on june 8th we will be getting an episode with diego luna and hayden christensen that is going to be very interesting yeah very very interesting yeah man like i gotta talk about star wars they gotta here's the thing i love hate i love hayden Diego Luna is on another level of acting. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they're paired up, it has to be talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah, like for the majority of it. I I think in the in the Zoom age, didn't we get Ewan and Pedro Pascal talking Star Wars together? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but I I will absolutely watch this. Love Andor and Diego Luna. Hayden Christensen being back in the spotlight is always heartwarming. So very curious if they're going to talk about like fandom as an actor. Like that seems like maybe the the angle to take, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, They definitely have unique perspectives on that. Yeah. Uh, Hayden, obviously, like back in the day, got a lot of shit for his performance in the prequels. Mm Mm-hmm. Diego Luna like not so much so there is a there is a difference there interesting if they dive into that and maybe talk to one another about how they handle their respective you know their respective ingration with like the fandom and everything and and how different that was for each of them yeah Uh, I mean so I would really like to hear them get in the weeds about like the ugly side of it because you know sure what we heard about with like with Hayden and then also like modern day Diego Luna like facing like the the fandom menace got a whole lot of racists racists in it and we heard them loud during Andor mm-hmm. so I I'm curious because I know Variety like obviously they both have their own individual contracts and relationship with Disney but Variety's not a Disney owned publication as far as I know um so I'm I'm curious to see what the angle is because star wars is absolutely going to be central to it like you're saying yeah i feel like that's that's kind of obvious like you know they're both star wars actors yeah i think it just it'll be interesting and it'll be cool to see like their dynamic their chemistry a lot of the times when you watch these actors on actors um you know 
those those videos you get to see you get to get a peek into like their actual personality um how they talk to their peers and their colleagues and um for those who like the inside baseball stuff of acting and production they do normally on actors on actors talk a lot about like their craft and how they approach roles and mm-hmm. all that stuff so it'll be very interesting um and sure. i'm excited to watch it yeah yeah i know uh pedro pascal is also involved in this batch of episodes uh he's partnered with steven yun for his so oh probably not going to be super star wars centric but it might come up i'm assuming he's going to talk more about like last of us and walking dead since they have those histories but yeah i love steven yun by the way yeah he's, he's like great. one of my favorite actors uh also on june 8th it's our last story here uh we're gonna get a ahsoka cover story in empire we already got the um empire magazine that is we got the cover um two two covers looks like there's like a variant cover just like a regular cover it's got ahsoka on it and it looks pretty cool and i'm sure we're gonna get some cool probably some stills from ahsoka maybe some more um some more insight as to where the show is going and what we should expect yeah i I think it's funny uh you made the distinction but it's always funny that empire magazine is the one that gets the star wars stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think that's been a thing for a really long time um, yeah it must be i think the prequel stuff was empire wasn't it yeah yeah so i think they've always had like a i don't know what you'd call it but <laughs> an agreement um yeah. what's interesting to me is with the variant cover it looks like she's standing in theron's shadow right yes uh, oh, whoa, I didn't even notice that. Dude. Yeah, I, I noticed it like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, it, no, that's definitely what that is. Yeah. yeah, it's somebody who is clearly imposing. It is just a shadow, imperial-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's like their silhouette, and she's superimposed like inside it. Basically. Yeah, so I would imagine it's Thrawn. Um, so maybe we'll get a first look at Thrawn in the Empire Spread. I'm sure we'll get something about him. It's not like it's a secret anymore. Yeah. But, you know, the yeah. internet can tear apart the uh, the makeup on him too, I'm sure. Yeah. We're going to be hearing some, uh, yeah, yeah, some not so, not so nice things. Uh, well, that should be exciting. Looking forward to June 8th. Looking forward to hearing that conversation between Luna and Christensen interested in seeing more about ahsoka and on june 12th looking forward to see what comes out of ubisoft um but yeah that's that's been about it in star wars news recently yeah it's been a little a little light but you know uh summer game fest is also happening on june 8th so if there is another Uh, studio that wants to throw something out there star wars game related who knows maybe it pops up there um but yeah, we got a lot of game news happening in the next couple of weeks. So Star Wars is a good hot IP in the world of games these days now that it's free from EA uh, this year. So who knows? You know, could see a bunch of stuff. Yeah, man. You never know. Well, uh, Christian, 
Why don't you take us out to see, man? Sure thing. Mike, where can the listeners find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2. You can find the show on Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. That is Jedi Knights without a K, followed by a J and a C for joy clicks. And if you want the YouTube version, the video version of the podcast, you can go to youtube.com slash joyclicks and find Jedi Knights in its own playlist episodes uploading over there. And you can find the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Jedi Knights without a K once again. Or Joy Clicks, you'll find us. Rating and reviewing is a free way to help us out. If you enjoy the program, helps us reach more people. We greatly appreciate it. And that is another episode in the books. So we will be back talking a lot of the news that we talked about today, I'm sure. Getting the follow-up debriefs. Yeah. But until then, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.